Hello and welcome to It's Actually Happening. This is Vince Williams. Hello there. And this is Christopher, my old man. Wow. This is a podcast that looks at the weird and wonderful news that is actually happening in the world today. But first, let's take a trip down memory lane and look at what was happening on this day, the 5th of March in history. So, 5th of March, 1791. Long distance communication speeds up with the unveiling of a semaphore machine in Paris. A semaphore machine? Cause, yeah, because they, they used to do semaphore, didn't they, on the boats. So they used to do it with the flags. That's semaphore, isn't yes. it? Yes. Exactly, yes. And so this was a machine that did that? Yeah, so basically just a machine. A bit like, um, you know, uh, on railway tracks, the signals that go up and down. Obviously, they're semaphore. Yeah. So a bit like, I, I was reminded of, you know, Lord of the Rings, um, the beacons are lit. I don't um, know what you're talking about. Have you never seen Lord of the Rings? No. I saw the musical. The musical Lord of the Rings, I saw that. It was brilliant. It was really good. The songs in it were fantastic and the special effects were brilliant. Uh, but I've not seen the films, no. Well, everyone, that's it for It's Actually Happening. Uh, the podcast <laughs> is now over. Oh, it's like that, is it, Chris? You're a bit of a Lord of the Rings fan. I mean, you do look like Gollum if he's in it. Is he in it, Gollum? I don't know. One of them. That's very nice. <laughs> 5th of March, 1882. Queen Victoria narrowly escapes assassination when Roderick Maclean shoots at her while boarding a train in Windsor. We are not amused. No, we certainly are not. So she got away, it didn't hit her then? Evidently not, because Queen Victoria wasn't assassinated. No, but it could have still hit her and not died. I mean, she could have got a flesh wound. No, she just narrowly escaped. Narrowly escaped. Did anyone else get hit by the rogue bullet? Doesn't mention. Uh, if they did, they're probably just a poor, poor person, so doesn't really matter. Uh, not worthy of mentioning here. Wow, the class system comes into effect again. And the 5th of March, 1933, King Kong premieres, starring Faye Ray, directed by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest B. Schrodzak. Oh, that, do you know what? That's weird you said that, because I was flicking... You know when you're flicking through the channels, because there's nothing on the normal telly, I call normal yep. telly terrestrial telly, you know, one of those. That's what I call normal telly when you go through and it's Channel 4 and ITV and BBC and ITV2 and ITV9 and ITV106, all those ones. And I was flicking through the other day and that was on the old version of King Kong, which is brilliant. If you think about when it was made, you know, in the 30s, it's like the effects are brilliant for that. I mean, if the, I always, I've always thought, right, because, you know, there was another film I used to like, because it was all stop animation, wasn't it? The, 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 the actual King Kong was a figurine that they did moved and they stopped animated it and then put it into the, into the film itself. And that's how they did all the monsters back then. It was all stop animation. So they would, it would take hours because you would have to move a finger, take a, take a shot and then move another. And it just took a long time. It's a long process. And there was things like Valley of the Guanji, which I used to love, which these, it was a cowboy film, but then they went into this valley and it was all dinosaurs lived there. And there was all these dinosaurs, again, stop animation. It's like, um, what are the other ones? Jason and the Argonauts. They all had these stop animation, which at its time was cutting edge. People going, oh my God, I really believe there's a dinosaur there. Now, I always thought that if you took what we've got, the, 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 the stuff we've got today, like all the special effects we've got today, because you can do special effects on your phone now. You know, but the, the special effects, if we took them back now to the 30s and the 20s, 
people would actually believe these things are alive. There is an alien. Mm. There is a, you know, someone who can fly. There is Iron Man. You know, because the effects have moved on so immensely that we, we can, like I say, we can do them on the phone now. I've done a few of, like, meteors hitting me and stuff like that. It's quite fun. <laughs> oh, wow. I've got too much time on my hands, haven't I? Yeah. Right then, shall we have our first headline of the week, please, Vince? Okay, so the first one goes like this, Chris. It's, woman marries herself in a thousand pound ceremony um, and it all all to do with an act of self-love after a breakup. Wow. Yes. I mean, first things, obviously last week it was 700 pounds for a wedding. This week all the way up to a thousand pounds and marrying yourself. Well, obviously if you are marrying yourself, you've got less guests. That's a start, isn't it? Yeah. Because you've only got, obviously with COVID regulations as well, you can only have a certain amount of guests but they're all going to be on the bride's side, as they say. Because this woman, her uh, name is Meg Taylor Morrison. Ooh. Meg Taylor Morrison, she's 35 and she's from Atlanta, Georgia. Of course she is, USA. Um, now, she decided that she didn't need anyone else to go ahead with her wedding. Um, it was one of these things where, now it says, life and business coach Meg always wanted to get married on Halloween 2020. However, after a amicable break up with her there and boyfriend fiance um she realized that her dream wedding might have to evolve in some way and be something different because she still wanted to get married so basically all this woman that's probably why they split up to be honest with you that's what i'm thinking if she's always on about this banging on about having a wedding at this time and wedding 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 i bet he just got fed up in the end and went oh forget this i'm off um, so she didn't, you know, Meg realized that she didn't need a partner to go ahead because you can show self-love, show everybody your own self-love. I mean, to be honest with you, I self-love about two or three times a week. And so. that's where we're going to end that one. <laughs> um, thank you for that bit of information. But yeah. now it's like she wanted to marry herself just to show that she had self-love and she had she had something there and she wanted to get married and all this. Um, so she she meticulously planned the wedding, her special day, for months. I mean, this took months, her to plan this, choosing choosing things like she had, a, um, she had to do a, a wedding cake, obviously. She had to get a wedding cake, choose one of them, and choose a perfect dress. Um, and also get... Well, really, she needed to have a half and half. That would have been better. Yeah, she would have done the split thing. I do. I do. I do. do. Exactly. If you would, it's like that whole split thing, isn't it? Where half of you's a man, half of you's a woman. Not that you have to be a man and a woman to get married, but whatever it is, you're half and half. She should have done that. She didn't. She just had, um, basically, she had a nice dress. She bought herself a diamond ring. Um, Now her mum initially felt concerned. It says here she was. I would initially concerned that she would basically go mental. I think, but um, it might seem, she thought it might seem egotistical. It does a little. Um, yeah, well. From, it's a bit like having a birthday party when it's not your birthday. Who does that? Is that like you? Because the, the queen has two, doesn't she? Do you, are you like the queen? You have two. You have your official birthday and your real birthday. Well, yeah. I mean, my birthday's in February, so it's nice to you know, have one in the summer as well. Right. See, so yeah. So people like you posh kits that's what's happened with this isn't it um so now the ceremony obviously was under covid19 rules and she only had some close friends and family there 
Um, she walked down the aisle to a version of um, Here Comes the Bride. Get this. It was done on kazoos. Oh, brilliant. One of those kazoo things. Um, that was very impressive. Thank you very much. I actually thought there was a kazoo in the room. Well, you know, I do do I do kazoos. <laughs> it's one of, the, one of the instruments I can do. Um, but yeah, and then um, she, she obviously wrote out some vows for herself and accepted the ring. And then when they say, I now pronounce you, I don't know, wife and wife. Um, you may kiss the bride. She had a mirror handy where she could kiss the mirror. <laughs> now, from being from someone who's quite egotistical myself and have kissed lots of mirrors of myself, I don't see anything wrong with that. That's all right. That's fine, isn't it? <laughs> Perfectly. So, yeah, she, I mean... I mean, I can see it could have a sense of a therapeutic property in as much as sort of the journey of seeing what's good in yourself and everything. But to take it to the full extreme of an actual wedding in which you kiss yourself, a bit extreme? Yeah, I mean, it'd make the uh, the wedding night interesting, I suppose, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't know if they... Well, it just sounds like an average night for you. <laughs> Three times a week, at most, at tops, uh, with a lot of rest in between. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's... It, for me, the weird thing here is the fact that, like you say, she's gone through the whole wedding rather than. I think it's almost like she stuck her two fingers up at the her. I know she said it. it they, their breakup was amicable, but they're still kind of in this to say, "I don't need a man. I don't need anyone I else." Think you know, a bath, some rose petals, a takeaway, and some good TV. Is that all at the same time? Because that sounds like the perfect evening there, mate. <laughs> A big bath with a TV at the end with a takeaway coming in. Brilliant. Eat your burger in the bath. Um, But no, no, I I totally agree with you there because I think you don't need a wedding to to love yourself. We all love ourselves, surely, unless you don't. I mean, if you don't love yourself, that's quite bad, isn't it? You must like yourself at least. Do you think there's people out there that hate themselves? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, most people... probably is what mental health problems are. Well, yes, yeah, no, I suppose you're right there. I suppose you're right there. I mean, I know a lot of people that that love themselves, and I can't stand that because they're absolute pricks. But you know what I mean? There's a lot of people of them out there. I mean, I could name a few on here. Um, <laughs> I'd probably best not. Um, probably not, since we've already almost hacked the podcast once already this episode. <laughs> well, we're going for it today, aren't we? I'm in that kind of mood. But, um, yeah, no, and, and what happens? What happens if suddenly... She doesn't get on with herself, you know, because obviously yeah, marriage, yeah, marriage is a big thing. You've got to then divorce yourself, haven't you? I mean, you're mm, you're going to be you're going to be arguing with yourself. You're going to get to that point where you can't stand the look of you. You'll take all the mirrors down in your house because you can't stand Seven the years other person. Bad luck. Yeah, she punches the mirror. Absolutely. So it's not good, and she's got to then divorce herself. So that's a lot of paperwork, I would have thought. But what if the reason she she is divorcing herself is because she cheated on herself. How does that work? Maybe she used some sort of thing that you plug in with batteries or something, you know, and that's all oh, you've cheated on me. Oh, no, I haven't. Yes, you have. Oh, no, I haven't. And I could just see it. There's that argument. Then there's a divorce. It gets quite messy. Luckily, there's not kids involved. That's all I'm going to say. If there's anyone out there that could take Vince out for a walk, maybe at some point uh, <laughs> over the coming weeks, I'd be really appreciated Get because me I out. feel... It's all got a bit much. Um, wow, you really got into this one. Yeah, well, it does. It does. 
I do beg to differ that, that when someone does this, it's a, it's more of an attention thing. It really is. Come on. If you're going to marry yourself and it gets in the papers, then you're getting the attention or it gets on, on the news or whatever. You know, there was a... There was, or this podcast. Or this podcast. Yeah, you see, this is what they want. They just want to get on our podcast. That's why they're doing it. That's the reason she, she actually married herself was to get on our podcast, Chris, because we're so popular. She thought she could be famous from it. Horrible woman. Stupid woman. Marrying yourself. How stupid. Lovely. Shall we have another headline? <laughs> yes, please. So, my first headline is Plastic Surgeon Turns Up for Zoom Court Hearing While in the Middle of Operating on a Patient. Wow. Oh. You can now find a patient with four boobs. <laughs> oh, that roaming I, around. I'd quite like that. <laughs> I've always said if I had boobs, I'd never go out. <laughs> so, yeah, this, this even made BBC News. Ooh. It was that sort of a story. Um, so it's in California. And Dr. Scott Green was to appear uh, before the judge. Uh, I think on a, on the grounds potentially of misconduct in the surgery. I'm not quite sure what. It was, it was unclear. <laughs> it was unclear what he was in court for. So, hang on. If it um, is misconduct, and the first thing he does is going to have the have, have his interview thing on Zoom while he's doing surgery, which, again, would be another misconduct. He's just giving himself was, more work, isn't he? Yeah. It was a bit odd. But there he was in his surgical mask and scrubs. And they sort of said, you all right? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine to continue. They sort of said, are you in the middle of operating on someone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't worry. I've got another surgeon with me. He can continue if I have to. Have to look away. <laughs> I love something that you're going to give a hundred percent to, isn't you? You know, I'm going to give all my concentration now. Am I going to give it to the Zoom or am I going to give it to my patient? Ooh, who knows? It could go either way. But he urged the court to proceed. He was very keen to continue. He's clearly a person that likes to make the most of his time. Wow. So did did, did they continue? Did they? No. Right. Once the judge um, came onto the call and real and said, I. As I understand that you are currently in the middle of surgery, this is not safe. We'll find a, another time when you can attend without having to do surgery at the same time. Well, well done, Judge. I mean, was his patient, was he under full anaesthetic or was it like a local anaesthetic where he could still be awake and see what's going on? <laughs> Hang on, this guy's having a Zoom call. He probably stopped at one point to do a FaceTime with his wife or his girlfriend, do you know what I mean? Or both, you know. It's horrendous, isn't it? That is crazy. You can't... I mean, let's be honest. Men aren't good at multitasking anyway. I'm going to be honest about this because I've been told amount of times by the other opposite sex that men aren't good at multitasking, you know? I mean, I, I agree. I'm not I'm not brilliant at multi... I, I find it hard to walk and chew gum at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, not good at multitasking. Like now, we're talking here. I can talk to you because I can see you and it's like a conversation. But if I suddenly have to start writing a note or something, I'm gone. You ain't going to get me. If I look at my pad, then you, I'm gone. You ain't, you'll say something. I won't hear it. You know? So for the, to do his surgery while trying to multitask, that's not an option, surely. And that poor person on the, on the bed going, whoa, what's going on here? And also, um, I mean, plastic surgeons in general, not all, because I know some of them, you know, do life-changing work. But on the whole, they're just money makers, aren't they? Let's just be realistic here. <laughs> I, I see where you're going with this, Chris. It's all about the money. And so here is this guy 
does not want to lose out on some money. So he signs himself up for a Zoom court hearing at the same time as completing surgery. It just it just sums these people up. It does. You're right there, and I didn't look at it that way, but you're you're quite right. I think you're, you're, that bloke was just thinking of the money, and also it would be funny if the person that's obviously there maybe there's someone suing him for negligence or whatever is on the Zoom call as well, and they're having enough trouble because they got like their nose is round the side of their face where he'd put it on wrong because he was doing another Zoom call uh, or a Zoom quiz or something while he was on it. You know, unless of course he was operating on his uh, legal advice team. So he just thought, kill what, two birds with one stone, I'll do the operation, they can offer me legal advice all in one place. This is true. <laughs> this is true. It's, 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 I'm, I'm, it's just got loads of things going on. Look, concentrate <laughs> on one thing, mate. Surely if you are a surgeon, you concentrate on that one thing when it's happening, the surgery. I mean, it, the clue's in your name. I'm a surgeon, you know? I'm a doctor. I mean, He's more like Doctor Strange, a, this guy, isn't he? It's a big job as well. I mean, cutting someone open is... It's not like it's not like you work in a sandwich shop and you're making sandwiches while on the phone to your friend. Oh, and you accidentally put some mustard in the cheese sandwich. Probably not the end of the world. But operating on someone. Yeah, it's quite that's quite a definitely. I would definitely want if I was being operated on, I definitely want my surgeon to have no other distractions and just to concentrate on what he's doing. It's like you almost saying, don't forget it's the it's the big toe on the left foot. You're operating. Don't get it wrong. I've already got a limp. I don't want two limps. You know what I mean? I think it must be really weird. I think what happens when you're in that surgery room? Have you ever had surgery? Um, I yes, I had. Um, I had a vasectomy. Fair enough. So, and then the funny thing about that was that I shaved in the wrong place because they said you shaved your head. Yeah, no, <laughs> not quite that far away. But I shaved the front, and I should have been shaving underneath. You know, so they had to, the nurse had to, the nurse that was there had to get one of those little razors, little, and, and, and lift and go underneath, which is hard. Cause you know, when you're shaving, you do that thing with your, your chin and you move your face, trying to move your bollocks like that is quite hard, <clears throat> but the, that wasn't the worst thing, Chris. The worst thing was as she was doing it, she looked at me straight in the eyes and went, I know you. Oh no. And I was like, Oh Oh, yeah. oh, right. She went, oh, yeah. She said, my daughter goes to the same school as your son. Well, there you go. <laughs> One of the parents of my son's school is now shaving my balls. That's not something that happens every day. And then the worst thing was about two days later, we had to go to sports day. And who do we see? We go past and she goes, oh, hello. And I go, oh, hi, how you doing? And my ex-wife says to me, oh, who's that? Do you actually know her? Oh, that's the nurse that had my balls in her hand. And so were you awake for the procedure? Yes, yes. It was an, a local anaesthetic, ah. so I was awake when it was happening. But other than that, um, I had not, not any surgery at all, really. I've been pretty good like that. What about yourself? Well, I had a, uh, an appendectomy. Um, Ooh. Mm. See, even, even, your, even your surgery sounds posh. Mine, <laughs> vasectomy, having my balls cupped. Yours, what, what, what does that mean anyway? Not... It means having your appendix removed. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So that's... So, I mean, you're completely knocked out. And it's an interesting thing. You're just lying there. And there's these, you realise there's these people just around you, cutting you open, sewing you back together, removing bits of you. And you just have no idea what's going on. So It's a bit weird, isn't it? But did you, did you, could you hear or see anything? No, completely out. Right, God. okay. Because I've yeah. never had an anaesthetic, a proper anaesthetic. Oh, it's great. Fun. I mean, I've been drunk, which is a similar thing when you're knocked out, but not an anaesthetic. So, 
Because some people Love say them. that when they are, they can actually they do come out of their bodies, don't they? Oh, not me. I just, I mean, I think once I even had a local anaesthetic and it put me to sleep. I was so ready for sleep. I just went, boof, gone. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, well, they could have done anything. So how is your three-boob operation gone? All right. <laughs> Shall we have another headline? Yes, let's. Okay, so this headline goes, Couple spotted in Waitrose in full hazmat suits, rubber gloves and goggles. Oh. Yep. A couple... No, That's what the... Uh, is that what the... Uh... What's a posh magazine? The Countryman. Is that what they're advising people to wear now? The Countryman. Is that a magazine? I don't know. Is it Horse and Hounds or something? Isn't it that one? You should know. You're the one who's the posh one. Uh, it's the new tweed. It's the new tweed, yes. A couple were spotted taking no chances against coronavirus as they did their big shop in Waitrose in full hazmat suits. You see, I think this article's got it wrong. Right. Because if you shop in Waitrose, you probably realise this isn't about COVID. This is about the sort of riffraff that are now going to Waitrose. Because now people are stuck to their local supermarkets and stuff, some people accidentally somehow live quite near to a Waitrose. And so suddenly, I'm guessing, the riffraff are in Waitrose. And these poor people have actually thought they need to protect themselves up from them so they would have even if the covid wasn't about they would have been in the hazmat suit just to protect themselves from from getting anything they can get off of common people probably i'd say that's what it was so what do you wear when you go to waitrose now i mean you don't the butler does all yours doesn't he yeah don't leave the house gosh ah you see now these these unidentified shoppers funnily enough they're unidentified when they're in full hazmat gloves and goggles yeah they're not going to be unidentified are they actually it's a way to steal something isn't it if you steal something the cctv they're not going to see who that is are they let's be honest um but yeah they 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 were head to toe in this stuff um now the funny thing with this is a hazmat suit obviously is the full thing isn't it it's that with a headpiece and everything and if they were they were they were seen browsing the canned foods area. Okay, so as you would, you need canned foods. And they, were, they had a shopping list they were going to. Then there's several bags for life. Um, now, if they're in a hazmat suit, they're pretty well protected. I don't think they need several bags for life, surely. They're not going to live. They're going to live long enough just having the one. Because um, the bag for life, that always got me. The bag, I don't know why they say a bag for life. Because it's not going to, it's not a bag for life, is it? Let's be honest. It's a bag that if it breaks, you can go and get another bag. So that's another bag. It's not a new bag. That's a new bag, isn't it? Yeah, that's what a bag for life is. A bag for life is meant to be. If it breaks, you can go back and say, look, my bag for life broke, and they give you another bag. That's what it should be. That's originally what it was. I don't know if it is now because they're trying to charge you for all these bags. But yeah, but wow. so, so again, it wasn't a bag for life. It was a, it was a new bag you got. I mean, I'll be honest with you. What I used to do because I used to such, such oh, it used to annoy me. You know, when you oh, get really to the bad. shops and you go, and you get their their normal bags and you're putting your sh- and they go, "Would you like a bag for life?" And you go, "Well, no. If I want a bag for life, I'll I'll pick one up." This is what gets me about shops when they ask you, "Do you want something that you don't clearly want?" Because if I want something, I go into a shop and I go, "Oh, have you got a bag for life? Have you got a store card?" You know. I don't, if I don't want it, I'm not going to ask for it. So don't ask me, oh, would, would you like a store card? Would you like to open a store card with us? No. Uh, there's two things, a loyalty card. No, I'm not that loyal. 
I don't want a loyalty card. And the thing with a bag for life, I used to get me so annoyed that when they get there and the, the bloke or the woman behind the counter would say, oh, would you like a bag for life? And i go, oh, no, I've only got a week to live. Just to make them feel bad. Oh, so horrible. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so the, these people with their bags, seven, several bags for life, were shopping in this, the full hazmat thing. And I think, well, you know, we're all, we've all been, we're all pretty affected by the whole COVID thing. And we're all a bit aware you should be very aware now. Of, a bit aware. A bit, I should say, very aware. A bit aware. Yeah, it's, what, is a COVID? It's a little thing out there. It's like a cold, isn't it? No. I've heard of it. I've heard it mentioned. Yeah, no, but it's, it is a terrible thing that's happening at the moment, and we should be aware. Um, but I've never thought of going full hazmat suit. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, they're saying the masks should do the job, and if you keep your two-metre distance, which, to be honest with you, when you see a lot of people around the world... I think they should. This should be mandatory anyway. Some of these people should stay at least two meters away from me and wear a mask. Um, but you you see that and you think, yeah, that's okay. I, I I mean, I go I go shopping once a week, do the big shop like they do. I wear my mask and I go in there. Um, and sometimes people still don't adhere to that two two meter distance thing. And this is what's getting me. They they come up and they lean over you and you go, whoa, hang on, mate, what are you doing? I'm just get I'm just getting a mistake. No, you wait. I'm here at the steak bit at the moment. Just hang on. You've only got to wait a couple of seconds till I pick my steak. You know? And oh, no, but there are some people. Who knew you could wait so long to choose whether you want John West tuna or Prince's tuna? <laughs> it really isn't a that's, life-changing that's decision. Just have a look at which one is cheapest per kilogram or per hundred grams, whatever they're listing it as, and Buy it. Or the dolphin-friendly okay? one. Oh, gosh. I have not got the time. I know we're in a lockdown and there's very little to do, but I cannot stand behind you for half an hour while you debate internally the advantages of John West versus Prince's tuna. This is true. You know, you're right there. There's uh, I, That does get me in when I get in a supermarket and people are looking at all the cheeses and they're, going, and they're picking up cheeses and looking at them and smelling them. And it's like, what are you doing? You must know you what... You write a list before you go, there you go and buy what is on your list. None of this, oh, do I like... No, get a move on. Yeah. And also, it's like that thing as well, where I, most people, I think... I don't know, you won't know this because you don't do the shop. Your servants do it. But most people, when they do a shop like myself, I get the same kind of thing every week. Do you know what I mean? It's the same sort of thing that we get a week. You know, we I look at my meals that I'm going to have through the week and I get the same sort of thing. I'll get pasta, I'll get this, I'll get whatever, sauces and I'll get some chicken and stuff. And you go, right, so you know what you're going to do. My shopping takes you know, probably 40, 40 minutes tops because you go in you go, you, and you've got a route. I've got my own little route around the supermarket where you go in and out the aisles or some people may cross the aisle and go down that way. That's up to them. But I go in and out the aisles and then in and out the aisles the other side. Easy peasy. I've got my route. I'm doing it. It's not a problem. I know what I'm going to get, so I just go and get it. If it's not there, I go, oh, okay. I won't have that this week. I'll get something else. I don't have to stand there and see what cheese I want, you know? And also, it annoys me because they've got these bloody things now, like in Tesco's where I go, they, where they, they look at the prices of everything and they add it up on the spot. And it's like, really? Come on, you know you've got a budget. You know how much your, your shopping costs per week normally. Well, I'll tell you a story. Please do. I was convinced by a companion who accompanied me into Tesco's 
to use one of these scan-as-you-go devices. <laughs> I'm a person, actually, of the people, and I think we should keep people employed in supermarkets, and so I'm always one to visit a person at a till. But I was convinced that with my big shop, it would be much swifter if I scanned everything and bagged it up as I went round. I was buying shopping for two households who were coming on holiday, and so I was getting their food in preparation for their arrival. So this was more shopping. It was around £100, this shopping bill, than I would ever normally buy. That's quite cheap for for two households, mate. (laughs) They only came for a weekend. Right. I was going round scanning. Fine. I get to the till. Oh, oh, I've got a random spot check. Okay, so they have to scan 10 items in your shopping trolley. She scans nine of them. They're all fine. The final item she scans, the final item I added to the trolley, I'd forgotten to scan. So the whole thing had to be unpacked, (laughs) put on the till, and all scanned again. Oh, and it was only... The muesli that I had forgotten to scan. The muesli that, incidentally, they didn't want after I'd bought it for them. They brought (laughs) it with them on holiday. So, I will never, ever go anywhere near a scan-as-you-shop again. At one point, I thought I was going to be arrested. I thought, this is it. I'm a goner. She was calling her supervisor over. I thought those security guards are going to be coming over here. I'm going to be whisked away and asked, what did you want the gluten-free muesli for? Why couldn't you pay for it? Yeah, well, you do look a bit dodgy. You look like someone who's going to nick a gluten-free muesli, to be fair, Chris. Um, I've never I've never used the scanners. I don't I don't use them at all. Don't. No. Um, but this, this also, this story also brings me to the fact, Chris, that other people have used different things to cover themselves. Because obviously we've got our face masks and, and some people yep. don't want to buy a face mask or they haven't got one on them at the time and they have to use something else. So I had a quick look round, and some of the things that I found was quite quite funny really um, because one guy who walked down the street in a full uh, Zorb, you know, like the big ball, wow. the, the Zorbs. And uh, yeah, he walked down the street in a full Zorb. Uh, another person had an easy breathe snorkel. So that full face snorkel thing. So yeah, that, that was instead of a mask. Gas masks we've had, gas masks. You know, someone Are you my mummy? Uh, old people that have got gas masks from the from the war thought, Oh, here we go, two birds, one stone. Somebody socks You've probably got one from the plague, haven't you? I probably have, yeah. I've probably got one somewhere. Um socks. Socks is good. Do you know the little trick for your socks? Yes, I've seen that. You cut, yeah, cut the heel that. out and stuff, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, so your socks. A sanitary towel. Oh, I saw that one. I think we've mentioned this on the podcast. I think so. I mean, it, like I think we said before, it's just once a month, really, that one, isn't it? It wasn't one that really stuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> just for sunny periods. Um, but yeah, there was also one person only had one face mask between her and her other half, a boyfriend. So they used to take it in turns to go to the shop with this one face mask. Now, okay, if it's uh, a normal one of disposable masks, then you can only use it for certain times anyway. But also, if you're sharing, and she said on this thing as well, she didn't wash it because she didn't want to contaminate anything else in the washing machine. Not that she could have washed it in the sink on its own. No. 
So, and now I, this is the where it brings to me. If you've got a mask and you go, right, I've just, I just had that mask on. I've gone to the shop. And then you come back and you go, oh, you've forgotten something. Oh, I don't want to go to the shop. Oh, well, I'll go. Give me the mask. It's going to smell. You know, someone else's breath in a mask. You don't want someone else's mask. You know, it's like that morning no, breath. No matter how intimate you might be with them. No, exactly. Someone else has, someone else has put, funny enough, a bag for life. A bag for life as a mask now, which is... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Why not? they say on them, not to go over your face. Probably not, because it's a it's a plastic bag, you know, and suffocation is a I've thing. I've been so tempted to put a plastic bag over my head, because <laughs> it's the thing you're told so much not to do. <laughs> yeah, so, but it's a bag for life, so it should be fine, because it's for your life. Uh, nappies, someone put a nappy. Hopefully oh, it was not a, a not a used one. Um, a stormtrooper helmet. Now, I like that. I think nice. lots of people going around as stormtroopers would be quite funny. Um, also, like underpants, smelly. Yeah, again, have to be washed. Uh, a pet cone, you know the cones that pets have. Whether yeah. <laughs> someone's put one of them on, and I mean, it's all right. Unless... Cling film over the front. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's... And but the problem I think with that is if it rains, you're buggered, aren't you? You're going to drown. <laughs> if so, don't go out in the rain. Um, now, also. Um, there was a bloke, this, this made me laugh, there was a bloke that had a, he stuck a, a little sign to his back and his sign read, if you can smell my fart, we are not far enough apart. Which I thought was brilliant, you know what I mean? Um, and the last one that I saw was a suit of armour. Wow. A full suit of armour. Now I think that was just for one night only. Let's go to our next headline. And obviously, it's the animal headline of the week. Oh, it's what I've been waiting for. Man called Colin Pigeon catches a <laughs> pigeon during a government Zoom call. So we've got, hang on, we've got, we've got everything here. We've got the Zoom call thing. We've got animals and we've got a man with a silly name. This is brilliant, yeah. Chris. Go on. So his name's... Colin Pigeon. Colin Pigeon. And he caught a pigeon. So he's a research officer for the government in Northern Ireland. And during this Zoom call, he became aware that his cat had brought in a pigeon. And so he said, I'm very sorry, you're going to have to excuse me. I'm just going to have to catch this pigeon. And so he then had to scoop up the pigeon and take it outdoors. That's brilliant. And that is it, as far as the story is concerned. (laughs) But... The fact his name is Colin Pigeon makes this story. I, do you know what had been worse if his name was Colin Rhino? That that could have been quite dangerous, couldn't it? Colin Rhino. There's a, sorry, excuse me. I've got to get this Rhino that's just running here. Um, but yeah, Colin Pigeon, catch the pigeon. I used to love that. That that was a cartoon, catch the pigeon, probably before your time, with Dick Dastardly and Muttley. Do you remember them from Wacky Races? Look, you're looking at me like, what is he talking about? Uh, yeah, the older the older listeners out there will remember the wacky races that went into Catch the Pigeon, and that's what he's done. Catch the pigeon, catch the pigeon. His name's Pigeon. Wow. I mean, he has a doormat uh, that says "House Pigeon, embrace the chaos." So I think the pigeon probably took it as an invitation just to come on in. <laughs> oh yeah, I can go in there. Look, that they've invited me in, and I can I can create chaos. So. Um, it, yeah, it's funny because obviously people have 
you know, not to their own thing, but they have funny surnames sometimes. A pigeon is quite a rare surname, isn't it? Really, it's quite it's quite a coup. <laughs> but <laughs> so I go, oh dear. <sighs> anyway, yeah, it's funny surnames. They they can be they can be quite good in some ways, but then I mean, to, what are the odds though that your name's Pigeon and you're on a Zoom call where people there can see it and a pigeon comes in? Yeah, some. I mean, one of the Stormont committee members actually said in the moment, "Colin Pigeon has caught a pigeon." Hats off to that person. They were speedy on that one. They were Colin Pigeon. Wow. So yeah, so the, this is this is the story of your for your your animal story this week. Yes. is all about pigeons. Have you ever ha- have you ever had to remove an animal from the house? Um, I've had to remove the cat from the room when I'm on the Zoom call. Or when I've been doing the podcast, because he normally comes in and has a shit, or just runs across the keys and it turns everything off on the computer. Um, but removed from a house. I remember a cat once, I was at a friend's house, and a cat brought in a mouse. And I had to try and catch the mouse, because I felt sorry for the mouse, because he was playing with it, and it was still alive. Yeah. And he was sort of batting it about, thought it was fun. Um, and then I, I sort of grabbed it and took it outside. Um, to- I've had to remove an adorable tiny mouse. Yeah, are they adorable though, mice? Because they're vermin, really, aren't they? They're... Oh, it was so cute. It was so small. Yeah, you see, I, I'm not a lover of anything that scurries. You know, like rats is my big thing. I don't like rats. If you, if I see a rat, honestly, I remember being in Holland, in Amsterdam, and I was walking down along the canals, and I went under this bridge, and, and there was this rat, and I've never seen it, and you will not see rats as big as what they are in Amsterdam. They are massive. I thought it was a cat, first of all. And I honestly walked up and it was literally about 40 yards from me when I realised that's not a cat, that is a rat. And it just looked, it didn't even run when it saw me. It just stood its ground and looked at me. And it had, it, I mean, it was evil. It looked, it had, a, it had a leather jacket on, it had studs on the jacket, it had on its, on its little claws, it had love and hate. You know, and it was, Are you saying you found the leader of the Ninja Turtles? I think I might have done. I might have done. He was a rat, wasn't he? He was, you're right. Sensei, Sensei Rat, wasn't it? Or whatever his name was. But um, Splinter. Was it Splinter? Sensei Splinter or something like that? I can't remember. Anyway, this rat was massive. And I don't like rats. I don't like mice. So it, I had a flat once where it was Christmas. And I remember waking up in the middle of the night, like two or three o'clock in the morning going, I could hear someone playing with the like wrappings on the presents under the tree. And I thought, has Santa come early? What's going on? And the next day, I didn't think anything of it. But then a couple of days later, I saw a mouse in the flat, you know, and I was like, oh, no. And the thing is with mice, once they get in somewhere and they know the roots, you, they, they do. It's like in Holland. When I was in Holland, I was there for seven months. So I had a little apartment in Amsterdam. And on the f- uh, second night, there was a little mouse in our kitchen. And me and the other guy that was sharing went, oh, like you do. Oh, isn't that cute? Little mouse. Oh, oh, let's give him some cheese. So the next... You don't do that. Nah, well, yeah, right. Now I know that now, Chris. Where were you when I, I did take, it? I take mice out of the house. I don't invite them to stay. Well, this is it. Because when we got back to the rehearsals the next day and all the other girls on the job, the girls were, were Dutch. And we said, oh, we've got a little mouse friend came to us. And they went, oh, look, there's a lot of mice in, in Amsterdam. And I went, oh, right. Yeah, we gave them some cheese. And they all went, what? I said, yeah, we gave him some cheese. And no, 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 don't, you, you shouldn't feel, literally, we got home, there was mice everywhere. It was an infestation, mate. It was horrible. So since then, I've never really liked scurry things. So mice are just a no, and rats definitely a no-no. I had to do battle against some rats once. They infested the uh, chicken pen at my grandparents. Oh. 
And apparently the way to do it is to fill in all of their holes because they actually can't dig their way out. Hey, you fill in their holes. What, you have to pick them up and stick one bit up their bum, bit in them, oh, what? No. Filling in... So there's all these holes where they've gone down. Da- they can go down a hole. Oh, right. So their holes they've dug, they not their holes. Yeah. No. Right. And so you just fill them all in and apparently then they just get trapped underground and die. Oh, that's a bit inhumane, isn't it, really? Get trapped underground and... You, you know what you should have done? You should have got yourself an alpaca. Oh. Alpacas, they protect chicken coops. What, do they eat rats? No, what they do is, this is very interesting, because in some countries where the alpacas lived, they used to use them as guard alpacas. So like a guard dog. So basically they used to put them around the chicken coops, and if any sort of things like foxes and that come in to try and get the chickens or rats or anything like that, what happens is an alpaca lets out an enormous scream, a screeching, like a siren sound, when it feels like it's in danger itself. So it used to do that, which would scare away the rats and the, and the foxes and stuff. So... Yeah, that's what alpacas were used for. So you should have got yourself an alpaca. And on that unusually informative fact from Vince, <laughs> should we round up this podcast? Yeah, makes a change for me to know something proper, doesn't it? So, yes, that is the end of our podcast this week. And we've had absolute fun telling you what's actually happening out there. Because it is actually happening out there. And that's why we report on all this stuff that's actually happening. So thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you later. Bye.